It's episode 1058, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Hello. And from, if you heard last, if you heard last That's podcast. That's Yeah, I was saying, if you heard last podcast, I told you we had a tune Derek on the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, from Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey guys. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Uh, not our usual guest. I'm excited that we have her. Ginger Duggar, you know, the Duggars, all the kids on TV. Mm. Yeah. Ginger Duggar Volo joins us. She has a book that she released. She's, um, she says something in this interview, which is a term that I have not heard. Uh, we talked to her about, uh, she's kind of distanced herself from the upbringing, but she hasn't left the faith. She has a very strong faith still. And so a mm. lot of people who go through that process, uh, say that they've deconstructed their faith, right? And so Emily, who did the interview, you'll hear her ask her about her process of uh, deconstructing. And she says, I didn't deconstruct. I disentangled my faith from the teachings huh. of my upbringing. And that term, disentangled, has stuck with me since I heard this interview. It is fascinating. You don't want to miss it. It's coming up later. Um, we also have uh, a game at the end of the show called Would You Rather? which I am very excited to mm. play with you guys. <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm nervous even hearing the concept <laughs> of this. Would you rather? Would you rather? Hey, Derek, I wanted to ask, you have been out, in and out, in and out throughout the spring because you've been on the road a ton doing this listening tour, previewing your new album for mm-hmm. fans. You've been doing speaking gigs. I've been noticing a lot of, you know, on your social media, talking to college groups, church groups. talking about the deeper issues of mental health and things that the album tackles a how's it going and b you want to give any updates on this uh, the new project i'm excited for it man man so yeah thank you i appreciate that the tour has been crazy in a sense that none of us like when i started off saying hey i'm gonna preview my album for people before it comes out and let them rate it and listen to it and and give the heart behind it. Most people are like, what? Like an artist never really does that. But Mm -hmm. everyone always comes in like, okay, what are we doing? And by the time we get into the album, you get a lot of participation. My favorite, so I'm halfway through it. My favorite event so far was San Jose. We did that event. And as we were going through the songs, we got to my my single that just came out, It's Okay Not To Be Okay, video and all of that. And people just started confessing that they're not doing okay. And they started, Mm. people were uh, crying. I had to literally stop the set and stop the event. And we just prayed together. This is the most beautiful experience I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Like, and I'm talking about all ages. Like we had a young guy. It's like, man, I come in here all the time. I have high anxiety. I'm afraid, you know, to, to tell people what's going on. We had an older lady say, you know, her husband died three years ago. And we had people talking about childhood trauma. And it's just been beautiful watching as I talk about my process, people saying, hey, you know, I'm working through things as well. So, you know, it's, it's been amazing. Like, I want you to come out to it. I'm going on the East Coast now. We're going to New York down to Florida. So DerekMinor.com, you can get all the information there for sure. 
And the album, awesome, the album man. will release when? So I don't know, but I think June. I'm hoping because there's a sample clearance. You know, us rappers, we like to take and make derivatives of other people's work. The song is too good for me to just let it, you know, not happen. So right now we're in negotiations with some people over this sample thing. And once we get that buttoned up and tightened up, then I'll have more details. But we're looking May, June-ish is what we're looking at. That's awesome. I've, I've literally never heard of an artist doing what you're doing. Like, yeah. A listening toward thing. Okay, so here's the question I have because I've seen all these clips that you've posted on TikTok and IG and stuff and you're usually yeah. in a room, there's usually 20, 30 people, you're yeah. in the front, you're talking, they're listening, they're engaging, it's a dialogue it seems like yeah. and then I, I'm assuming you hit play on a track. Yeah. You're up front. What does everybody look at when the song is playing? Are you up there? Are you sing? Are you kind of doing lyrics? Do you step to the side? What's nah, the vibe when the music's playing? I'm kind of chilling, and that's the thing that the like it's different everywhere. Because some places I have like you know we got screens. Some places it's really lo-fi and we don't have anything. But a lot of times I'm just kind of mouthing the lyrics. I'm kind of chilling, but we I don't really play the whole song. You know, I usually play like a, a verse. And the hook. So most of the time, people are just kind of looking down, bobbing their head. They're on their phone. And the cool thing is, it's interactive. So on the phone, you can put notes on how you feel about the song, or you can put oh, that's you dope. can put uh, wow. you you actually rate the song. And then when the whole thing is over with, you give the feedback. So that's been the most beneficial part of the whole project is I'm getting the actual feedback from the people that are listening all the way through when they're telling me what songs they like, what songs they don't like, how they feel about the album in general. So that has been really cool. Okay. As an artist, artists are sensitive. Mm -hmm. This is your heart. This is your blood, sweat and tears that you're putting out in front of people. And then they're going like a three, yeah, like, yeah. What do you do with feedback that they're giving you? Do you just go, "You're not worthy of this song. I don't care." Or like, do you actually like go go back to the lab and be like, "I need to tinker." Like, what are you doing with this that feedback? Is, man? That is an interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear your approach on that. Derek. I, I'm my worst critic. There's not a critic that can that can uh, out critic me about my own music. So, uh, you just kind of get. A lot of artists are different. I think being seasoned, having multiple records in there, also being as, you know, awarded as I am as an artist kind of keeps a level of, you know, a level of confidence. But yeah, I mean, it can be bad when somebody says, hey, that's I don't like that song. But then I've just realized that every song isn't for everybody and every song is for everybody at every time. There's songs that I've heard at one season of my life that I could care less about. And then a different season of my life, I, I fall in love with it. So it's just being realistic that I'm not the greatest artist in the of all time to everyone. You know what I mean? To some people, they're gonna love it. Other people, you know, I may not be their cup of tea, and I'm I'm not really called to the people that I'm not their cup of tea. I'm called to the people that care about what I have to say and that love what I do. So it's really trying to be confident in that. Oh yeah, Justin, that's a four. You know who didn't think it's a four? The Grammys. The Grammys <laughs> didn't think it was a four. Yeah, really, an 8.7. Right. Okay. It does yeah. help when your music is good too, though. Like, I haven't got a lot yeah. of, like, it's like if you got 400 comments and four of them are like 
twos and threes, you're like, ah, yeah, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> like, it right. is what it is, you know. Is it hard to be Listening to Anna of the North. The song is Try My Best. If you want to hear more from Anna, check out the spring issue of Relevant. We have a great feature with Anna um, in the spring issue. You can check it out at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab there. Great artist, great album. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking uplifting you have got to come and see it it is a message for everybody i highly recommend that you come out and see the chosen season four episodes one through three of the chosen season four are in theaters till february 14th so visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now that's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today okay it's time for slices all right what do you have jesse all right this is this is a follow-up because what started as a joke on this podcast is now reality. And I'm not saying what? that we should take credit for it. We um, should. What but is it? But the company <laughs> Val, who is, uh, uh, um, you know, experimenting with DNA of extinct animals, particularly the woolly mammoth, okay. announced yeah. the project uh, to make a woolly mammoth meatball. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I No, no, am, no. They've already made it. It's not announced. They made it. They made a woolly mammoth meatball. Well, I'm a little skeptical. How? Because well they they took DNA from uh from an extinct woolly mammoth, they fused it with uh an African elephant and and I and I want to say they used one other you know reasonably common animal to kind it was of like a duck or something some, yeah, yeah. So, so fill in some gaps and then basically in a petri dish um, or whatever the, the the process is of making you know lab grown meat fused it and to make a, a hybrid protein that is literally like a 4,000-year-old protein. Now, they, 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 they said they had uh, a couple of reasons for this. Once to raise awareness about their, um, Ability. You know, their, their project <laughs> there, but then also as like a sustainable um, way of growing meat. The only thing is like, you can, why not just apply that? If that was the reason, why not just apply that without the ma- mammoth? Like the why mammoth, we inject yeah. a woolly mammoth into the equation? Right. Yeah. But I am a thousand talking percent about it. for. Yeah, I'm a thousand percent for this for reasons I can't really articulate. Like I can't make a good <laughs> case why I love this, but I would love like nothing would make me more happy than it, you know at some point to walk in to a subway and if the five dollar foot long was a <laughs> woolly mammoth meatball sub, I like it would. It would be like, what a time to be alive. Any problem in the world can be solved if I can go to Subway and order a woolly mammoth meatball sub. I, I just, I'm, I'm 
this is just a great innovation across the board. In my opinion. <laughs> we posted this and the, it's huge. The, the meatball is huge. I mean, it's like it's the size of uh, three or four basketballs. I mean, it's like a very, very large meatball, you know, and uh, Emily, Emily and I were talking and she was like, would you ever try the meat, the woolly mammoth meatball? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. I mean, because the scientists described the the taste and texture of the meat, like it's chewier. It's it's like a tangier like it's it tastes like a different kind of a meat i mean it's like a woolly mammoth like it's actually Wasn't there a movie meat. called the blob or something like i mean i i'm just waiting for the the zombie that's how this how the zombie apocalypse happened like this I, every time we get one of these i'm just gonna say this is how it happens like right. I, 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 I what what are we scientists, doing it seems like, like scientists are not asking they're asking can we or they're asking like could we not should we you know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know what we could make is a woolly mammoth meatball. They're not asking, should we make a woolly Check mammoth done. meatball? So here's the so thing. <laughs> <date. laughs> you had me at woolly mammoth meatball. Whatever happens from there, I'm fine with. Right. I mean, I mean like, look, this is what they are okay with letting us know. So I was like, what are you working on back there that right. we have no clue we'll find out five right. years from now? That's like, right. oh, yeah, there's an actual uh, velociraptor in in San Jose <laughs> Zoo, you know what I mean? Like, like what is that? Like, come on, y'all! Like, it's what are we doing? Like, Remember what are we, we, doing? we brought it on well, the podcast? What are, like what are y'all doing? It ain't we, because yeah. I don't got no education to do this. But two what two we? three months ago, we brought up that thing about the baby farms that they're trying to build in Germany, where you can like order yeah. designer babies and they right. incubate them, yeah. and like you can literally design their intelligence, their personality, their characteristics, their height. How do you say this? This is a little different. This is a little different. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> the meatball versus the baby. <laughs> yeah, the end result is, man, the, the, the end result is, oh, guys, man, this, this woolly mammoth is not settling well with me. I don't think my, yeah, oof, I got a Pepto-Bismol after oh that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's woolly mammoth meat. That's a gamey. It's a gamey meatball. So, so Jesse, you would you would eat the gaming meatball if it became mass produced? Oh, I would, I would, I would have regular spaghetti and woolly mammoth meatball nights. I, I mean, oh. it, it, it's fantastic. I love it because they did say like we're not mass producing it yet, but we just want to show a proof of concept yet. that we could because they're saying like it could be a a solution in this food sustainability crisis that could once be again, coming no. if because they can of do climate change, mammoth, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it, it, once again, there's no need to put the woolly mammoth. Yeah, in that's what I'm saying. That's Why woolly? <laughs> Why woolly? Why didn't you do it with beef? Right. It's like the, the, yeah. there, there, there are tons of things that are not extinct that, that <laughs> you could have tried out like right. a cow. Yeah. You didn't know? have to go yeah. prehistoric. Yeah. It, 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 like really, I mean, you're going to wake up one of these ancient bacteria or viruses and then everybody's going to be eating each other's brain. So congratulations, oh, you know. There you go. All right. What do you have, Jamie? Okay. I cannot wait to hear what you guys say about this. Okay. So where I live and where Derek lives, everyone's moving to our cities from California. Okay. In droves. Stay, go back coming. to Cali, please. <laughs> going back to Cali. With, with okay. Biggie. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> California lawmakers. All right. They have a new debate that could put the end of sale of tobacco products over the next several decades. So they're not even just saying like, we want to help people. Not. They're saying we want to end the sale. Here's what it is. If this is passed, 
retailers, customers like you and I, well, none of us, if you were born after January 1st, 2007, you can never, ever, ever, ever buy tobacco products. Man, they finna be you in can't. Nashville, bro. They, bro, they, it's like <laughs> y'all don't want nobody in California. Like, this, it says, well, you don't want people to stay. So, uh, the uh, the person who's setting, who's pushing this forward, he says, "I quote: This is not about taking away current rights of anyone, although it is. Um, it's about not creating a new generation of people addicted to nicotine." So this bill, it's not going to affect current tobacco users, but anyone born after 2006 will never be able to buy them. Um, it does not apply to marijuana or hookah <laughs> sales, though. So there's that. <laughs> you can still continue with your hookah and your marijuana. So you can smoke a blunt, so, but you can't smoke a Marlboro, what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So obviously the tobacco industry is not thrilled about this. Um and, you know, they're saying it could lead to a significant loss of tax dollars that are coming in through tobacco sales. Uh, so there's a lot of people that support it, a lot of people that don't. And obviously, this will have to go through a lot of stages before it ever got passed. Um, cigarette smoking remains the leading cause of preventable disease and death in the U.S. Each year, more than 480,000 Americans die from smoking cigarettes. So California is trying to say, not on our watch. These young kids are not going to die from smoking cigarettes. They will die at a hookah bar, but not <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Or from diabetes or high blood pressure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, what you call outlaw sugar next? I mean, go ahead and do that. Outlaw the sugar. Yeah, I, I, my thoughts are probably predictable uh, if people have listened Libertarian. to the show. I, listen, I think I think if people are aware of the risk and they are aware of what it can do to your health and do you know and, and make you you know physically dependent on this product, and people know that it's not hidden like it was in the Mad Men era mm -hmm. where you have slick people like Don Draper trying to convince you that it's good for you or harmless, and you know the risk. Like that's I, again, I feel like. I can go into a, a Nuno's pizza and order a deep dish pizza that's like 6,000 calories. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, just pulling a number out of this guy. Don't come after me, Uno. But whatever. I can order. I can go and gorge myself at Cold Stone for, for empty calories that are going to do damage to, to uh, you know, my insulin levels. I can I eat a really mammoth meatball. Like that, yeah, that, it just that, seems that. like it seems like a little bit of a slippery slope, and and having like like I said, a a social institution like the government dictating behavior instead of equipping the citizenry to make to, to be personally responsible for their behavior. But look, to each their own, I guess. Which I don't know what the California laws as far as how old you have to be to buy cigarettes. I think in Texas it's eighteen. I, th I uh, think that's everywhere. I think, okay. yeah, I think everywhere is eighteen. So, you know, they're wanting to say that anyone who is 16 or younger, it's not even, you don't even wait till you're 18. You can't ever buy cigarettes. Y'all complaining Which, about too many people moving to your state. Bunch of amateurs. We're overrun more than y'all are. I just texted y'all. Oh, yeah. I just saw that. Yeah, look. No, look at even, the numbers. We're like, it's crazy. I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them. It is though. Everything. Every time I meet someone, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're moving here from California." I know. Same here, man. It's either New York or California. Ron DeSantis does send a whole bunch of people <laughs> y'all away. <laughs> he said, "Freedom, come here for freedom." <laughs> it's what well, uh, the three of us live in three of the five states with no state income tax: mm, yeah. Tennessee, Texas, mm -hmm. and Florida. So it's like. Leaving California, leaving New York, you got to go to one of us, one of our right, states. Yeah. You know? 
Anyway, yeah. anyway. I just don't need, I, so for right. me, every time someone asks me, do I want to move to California? I'm like, for what? I want to keep my money. Like, it's like, you know, <laughs> hey, I'll just vacation to California with all the money I saved. You know what I mean? But, uh, for real. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, what do you have, Derek? So I've been immersed in AI news. Like, it's the most yeah. fascinating thing in the world Same. to me right now. I, I, I really am interested to see where we're going as a society with this disruption because I honestly feel like we're at a Google, we're at a, uh, a Apple iPhone moment in history as far as technology is concerned. I feel like that's where we're at. So a lot of y'all, if you don't know about ChatGPT, where you know, hey, if you need some information, you need... So I look at ChatGPT almost like a personal assistant. You know, you need an email written up. You need, a, you need some some TikTok hooks, you know, you need a recipe, ChatGPT, gotcha. But there's certain things ChatGPT just not going to add. You, you ask ChatGPT something bad, it's going to say, look, hey, I ain't here for that. But if you need a good brownie recipe, I got you, right? It, well, now we got I, an AI called Freedom GPT, I think is what it's called. And you can ask that whatever you want. It's unbridled. Crazy. There's no censorship on it. It does. It's it just whatever you ask, it spits back out an answer. And in typical America fashion and typical mm-hmm. human fashion, now you have the most racist, destructive uh, <laughs> AI you can think of. This is yeah. oh, crazy. Journalists have real discovered fast. that real Freedom fast. GPT has no limits to what it will say or do from things like praising Hitler advocating that unhoused people be shot spreading conspiracy theories suggesting ways to kill yourself uh cleaning tips on a crime scene of course Mm -hmm. using the n-word you know that's probably the first thing it did and Mm -hmm. also how to look at very crazy sexual stuff so again another uh another technology company not asking should we but can we? Yeah. And right. I have right. a feeling that this is not going to play out good. I just don't right. think it will. So, I, Well, you I, saw I the open see. letter, right? I mean, like uh, all the tech, like Elon Musk and like a hundred of the top tech people like put an open letter out there saying, listen, all the AI companies that are developing stuff that's more advanced than chat GPT four, please stop. We need to collectively talk about this because there's so much happening that's not being publicly known right now. And it's like, hey, we need to bring all this out to the light. We need to talk about what's going on because Chad GPT is nothing. That's going to look like, you know, archaic in a year. I mean, right? Because Chad GPT 4 is already out. They're working on five, but then there's a million other companies working on stuff far more advanced. And they're trying to say like, guys, we need to have a consensus here. We need to have like boundaries like guardrails something we need to have some sort of ethics guiding this and nobody's it's a wild west and i mean copyright law is just already blown out of the smithereens as far yeah. as like uh art and entertainment is i just right. heard kanye west sing four thousand different songs that he's never sang before in his life like there's a guy that's just literally taking yeah. kanye's voice and he wow. has him singing kid cuddy has him singing uh you know I mean, gospel Some songs, in the blow right? He's singing yeah. all kind of crazy stuff. So it's literally like a yay AI that just sings everything. So like, and then now you have with, I mean, even art, like, are they taking things and making derivatives of actual art pieces to create new art? And then now we're taking that art and we're animating it with someone else's voice. You know, this is 
I'm with Elon. We need to slow down because pretty soon we're going to be in trouble. My hope is that that all these chat programs, it's like, remember the Theranos story where mm-hmm. Elizabeth Holmes created this device that could do the seemingly impossible and she was just really like taking it over to like a machine that was equipped to do it and getting samples. You know, it was all a big fraud. I hope that one day soon we learn that at ChatGDP, it's just a room full of people just chatting with people, just <laughs> messing with them. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> That would be the greatest scandal that uh, that that would that would make me as happy as a woolly mammoth meatball. Well, that's actually a cons- <laughs> that's actually a conspiracy theory. So, yeah, there, there's actually a conspiracy theory that says that uh, behind ChatGPT is not actually a robot, but it's either aliens or demons that are. Oh, uh, you know, it's going to be alien demons if it's anything like. It's not going to be people in the room. It's going to be alien demons. So, you no, know, but yeah, so. I don't know what it is, but all I know is Freedom GPT. I kind of feel I shouldn't even told y'all about this because now I know some of y'all know. probably gonna be on yeah. there asking the most ridiculous well, stuff. I'll just say those alien demons gave me a bang and blueberry muffin recipe. So, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, it was a very very racist blueberry muffin, but other than that, it was delicious. Yeah, know. very moist in the you know. So, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Ginger Duggar Volo joins us. Listening to Lauren Daigle. The song is waiting. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Ginger Duggar Volo. You know her as one of the daughters from TLC's 19 Kids and Counting. She's been on an interesting spiritual journey over the last few years, and we sat down to talk to her about it. Our very own downtown Emily Brown talked to her about how she's disentangled her faith and how she hopes to inspire others to do the same. Here's our conversation with Ginger Duggar Volo. Just for some of our listeners for the podcast, they may not know kind of like what the story that you've been on and the journey that you've been on. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't want to like give away the book, but can you kind of like right. just summarize sort of like what you've been walking through for the last few years? Yeah. Yeah, well, to start, um, like I said, I grew up in the public eye um, from a kid, from young age of 10. Um, and that was something that was just 
what I knew. And I grew up also in a setting where my parents taught me about Jesus. They taught me about how um, salvation is not by works. I can't come to Jesus through anything other than the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so trusting in Jesus and repenting of my sins, turning to Him. So I knew that was what salvation was. But um, sadly, we followed a teacher uh, who taught things that were totally opposite of the Bible. And I would say it was cult-like in nature because he would teach a lot of things that were very binding. He was very comfortable placing burdens upon people that um, he said were Bible, but there was actually really in reality things that the Bible was silent on. And so I was very confused about who Jesus was and about um, what he expected of me. So I lived in a lot of fear, under a lot of fear and um, superstition. Uh, his teachings were like full of manipulation. So I was very confused. So I have been, um, the past several years, I've been on a journey of disentangling truth from error and finding freedom in Jesus and realizing what the Bible actually says and how to read the Bible has been like something that I've uh, learned like throughout these years and I'm still growing and learning, but um, figuring out what the Bible actually says is so freeing and seeing who Jesus is, that he's a kind and loving savior. Um, he's not just trying to get me at any turn for something I didn't know I did wrong. You know, and it's interesting because I did notice you use the word disentangle. I think some people might try to argue what you're doing is deconstruction. Is there a reason you use disentangle versus deconstruction? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's, that is um, such an interesting point. And I think, like you said, so many people like yourself um, included have, have struggled with these things, like figuring out, okay, I was taught about Jesus, but there are so many, so many things that like added onto it. So what's actually true? So going back to the word of God, realizing, okay, I want to read the Bible in its context. I don't want to pull out a verse here and there to make it say whatever I want it to say. Um, and a lot of teachers sadly do that. And so people are um, raised in that environment or maybe they're harmed by a teacher who claims to speak for God, but actually doesn't. And those types of things often become so hard for people to get past. And so it's tough I see like a, a ton of people nowadays, sadly, are turning to deconstruction where they're tearing their faith apart down to the studs, never to rebuild it again. And that's something that they say, this is my only hope. This is the only place I can go because I have to run to tearing it all apart and never turning back to um, the Bible ever again because I've been so harmed. But that's not the only way. And that's something that I wanted to share with people because I know my journey, it's been a very long and hard journey. Um, I shared this so many times because I feel like it is so helpful where it, it's like if I get putty stuck in my hair, I can just shave my head and say, I'm done with this. I'm going to get the putty out. I'm not going to ever, you know, um, have that in there again. Or you can just take the time to pick out the putty, even though it's painful, it's hard, it's a long process but it's necessary. So that's something where I feel like on this disentangling journey, it's been disentangling truth from God's word or verses that are there that were twisted by a teacher, that truth, the elements of truth from error. Um, and that's something that has been so freeing because I see, I begin to see in this process who Jesus actually is 
and realizing, okay, this teacher said he was this. He was like, always out to get me. If you, you know, do something that you don't know is sin, um, then God's just waiting to smite you at any turn. And that's not how God operates. God's word is very clear on what things are sin and what he does expect of us as believers. But within um, so many teachings, I feel like it's so sad because so many teachers will just say, um, yeah, it's up to you. Like if you feel this way today, that's what that's what God wants from you. And that's just not how God operates. So um, it is it is one of just going back to the Bible and going back to the word of God and saying, okay, I want to read this properly and I want to know God for who he truly is in his word. I would love to know kind of what started you on this journey. Like how did you, what set this in motion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I think that I had never really questioned the teachings of Bill Gothard or IBLP, which is the Institute Basic Life Principles. That was a part of like, that was his teaching um, seminars and stuff. So that was something that I thought this, Bill Gothard's a teacher sent from God. So even though I would never say um, in that time that anybody else had this special handle on God's word or was getting a word from God, I did not quite believe in that stuff. But at the same time, I allowed Bill Gothard to be that in my mind. So I thought he has a special, you know, maybe God sent him to us to be this prophet from God where he could tell us um, these truths that we wouldn't see anywhere else that no one else knew about. So I would look at others who were outside of these teachings and have pity on them thinking, man, they're just handicapped because they can live the Christian life. They can go to heaven, but here on earth, they're going to have all these challenges and they're not going to know why. But it wasn't until my now husband, Jeremy came on the scene where I was like, wait, this guy really loves Jesus. He doesn't have a lot of these external, um, things that I would think are necessary to follow Jesus. Like I kind of thought like, oh, if you don't have these certain standards about courtship or modesty or whatever, if you don't like preach that stuff, then you're not like in our camp. So um, I saw he didn't have that, but what he did have was something deeper within his heart. I saw he's committed to the word of God. He loves the word of God. He loves the Lord even more so than I'd seen in anybody else in that setting, because a lot of times it's kind of scary. You're like, okay, you can put up this front of who who we think you are, but then ultimately it's years will pass. And then you'll see, oh, this person didn't actually love Jesus in the first place. They were just following all these standards and it made them look good on the outside. So that was a fear of mine. Like, oh no, like how would I know even who I'm supposed to marry? Because how do I know if this person's legit? So with Jeremy though, there was a difference. There was that that deep love for Jesus that just permeated everything I saw coming from his life. And he was just, he was just such a sweet guy. So I was like, okay, that caught my attention. But it wasn't until we started like getting to know each other that my dad was like, okay, I think I want you guys to watch like 60 plus hours of Bill Gothard seminars together and um and then before you can move forward in your relationship. So we started watching these seminars and immediately it was interesting. Jeremy was like, oh wait, what did he just say? And what does the Bible actually say? And so we'd open our Bibles and it was like a light bulb moment, like an aha moment. I remember one time in particular, 
he told someone, before you can come to Jesus, do my steps, do these three steps. And then, cause you can't bring Jesus into that mess. And it was like, whoa, boy, you can't say that. Like, that's insane because the word of God is, is enough. You are not going to say anything outside of the Bible that is going to, to save someone. It's only the word of God. It's only the work of Christ in their heart. It's not doing any works or steps before they come to Jesus. Jesus is saying, you know, if you come to him and you're trying to work your way to Jesus, that's, you're not going to get to him. So you have to realize our need for God and brokenness. Like I can't come, I can't bring anything to him. He is good and perfect and um, his righteousness will be imputed to us. It will be um, we'll be counted as righteous when we come to Jesus in um, faith. So for anybody who is, you know, struggling with their view of Jesus, I would just say run to run to Jesus because he is kind and he's a loving and gracious savior. So even if you've been harmed within theology or the church or someone, you know, who's twisted the words of God, just run to Jesus. Like that's my heart in all of this is just that you would know um, who he is and not who even other people said Jesus is. Um, and that's my heart that for anyone who is, um, wrestling with these things that they would come to have peace in their heart, um, knowing who Jesus is in his word. That was Ginger Duggarvolo. Make sure to check out her new book. It's called Becoming Free Indeed. It's available now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's Would You Rather. You're listening to Panchico. The song is Until I Know. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, well, little behind the scenes, uh, we're recording at a weird time and Jesse had to go. We don't know why. We just heard a loud siren and the screen went blank. People were <laughs> screaming real briefly. We hope he's okay. We hope Jesse... No, I'm kidding. Uh, Jesse just had to run. So, so we're going to play... terrifying, Cameron. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> uh, if you're in the Virginia Beach area, please check on Jesse and his family. No, I'm just joking. They're great. Um, Jesse had to run a few minutes early. But so Derek and Jamie are still here and we are going to play a few minutes of Would You Rather. I'm just going to lob out a scenario oh, and you guys can answer. That's all it is. There's no winner or loser here. It's hey, just, I love it. just friends hanging out. That's all this is. A little way just to just, friends. you know, just Yay. hang out. Okay. 
Here we go. Would you rather be a contestant on Survivor, which I have been, you guys haven't been on the show for the last few you're weeks. Bin- no, you told us you're binging. Oh, I'm binging hardcore. I have watched so many seasons of Survivor. It is so bad. I am, I am, I'm deep in the, in the rabbit hole of Survivor right now. It's so dumb. I'm fully aware of how stupid and lame it is, but I'm having fun. Anyway, would you rather be a contestant on Survivor or a contestant on Love is Blind? <laughs> Assuming uh, you were single. Assuming you were single. Oh, we go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. I'm definitely love is blind or survivor. I'm just not. I'm not an outdoorsman, so there's there's just nothing. Yeah, in but me. you would be so entertaining on Survivor, dude. Because yeah, of that reason, it would, it would. But that would not be good for me. You said, "Would I rather?" You said, "I'm saying not yeah. would." <laughs> what would be the better show? Would you rather right. watch? I'll do Love Is Blind all day. Like I don't have a problem with that. I've never <laughs> seen Love Is Blind, so I'm assuming it's just blind dates, right? Kinda. I've never seen it either. But don't, oh. aren't you like making a commitment at the end of it? That's why I don't, I'm out. It's like you don't see. see you survivor. You don't see the person you're talking to. Like you get to know this person okay. with, over long conversations and there's a wall between you. So the idea is you're attracted to the person, not uh-huh. their appearance. So you establish deep connections with people. You fall sure. in love okay. without knowing what they look like. Dope. So then what I what I would do, my strategy would be to say no and then I'll just DM the person after the show is over with. So okay. there you go. see, right. I would pick Survivor because I don't like not being in on things. So everyone's gonna be watching and the whole world knows something I don't know, I'm out. I, I that makes me feel super uncomfortable. Yeah, interesting. So, Survivor. Here's the issue with Survivor. And Derek, or you just break you up, like it's like yes, and it's like oh, they, sure. yeah, we walk yeah. off the show, and it's like all right, hey, you know, just ghost the person. But then you're known as the person who fell in love with someone for their personality, and then you saw them, and you were like, no, I'm out. Like, what? Well, what if I didn't like you? their personality after we met? Okay, well, that's you didn't have to stick with them. You you sample a bunch of yeah. different people to find the person that you do connect with. That's okay. the whole point. It's like it's a oh, I got it. Okay. Dating roulette show. It's on Netflix. To be honest, yeah, I'm good. I'm still not trying to be outside with with lions, tigers, and bears. So, (laughs) Here's the other thing, Derek, that I've learned about Survivor because I didn't know this. I I started by accident. I was watching something else and then there was one season on Netflix. So I was like, oh, let me just check that out. And I was like, oh, this is good. And then I got, I went backwards and I got into the wormhole of Survivor. I didn't know this, but I have now since learned it that it, was kind of known for having this, but Survivor had a race problem. So like early seasons oh, of Survivor, yeah, not only yeah. just in casting, but when they did have minority casting, they were always voted out early. Oh yeah. Well, and I'm did. sitting there alone, dude, they always vote out the black guy like almost right away. Or like the black girl. It's unbelievable. I'm sitting there watching this going like, how is this okay? I mean, season after season after season, dude. I mean, there's like, a lot of stuff that wasn't okay when Survivor was created. Yeah. And, and, and like, like I went back and listened to some old rap records. I was like, yeah, this would never fly today. Like, it's just, we you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've progressed a lot more. So I was like, yeah, I, I could see it, which is another, but listen, black folks don't really, I'm not going to say black people don't like to be outside, but city folk, don't really like to be outside like that. A lot of us is in cities. So for me, I was never going to submit my tape to be on Survivor anyway. So y'all can have it. You and the rest of the white folks. No, 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 no. But here, to their credit, to the show's credit, <laughs> seasons 41, 42, 43, 44, they completely course corrected. 
they addressed it head on. They literally talked about it. Like the oh, show wow. creators okay. talked Sit about it. Cameron. Is it that who's the Mark Goodman is who is Are that? you up to season forty one from season one? Yo. Yeah. No, 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 no. Here's <laughs> okay. what have you been doing? No, so here's what happened. Here's what happened. Okay, this is for real. This is what boy happened. is sitting in his drawers just watching Survivor <laughs> from sunup to sundown. Okay. Hey, I know how absolutely lame this is. Hey, I was texting I was texting Derek and Prop the other night. We t- we talk every day, okay, just a little off air stuff. We talk every day. And I we were just open up about some different things. We check in on each other. We're we're good friends. And and I said to the guys, like, I just if I'm stepping back and zooming out on my life, I am happier than I've been in years. But I'm also, if I'm honest, I'm also bored and i'm fully aware that i'm filling a gap right now by just binge watching this stupid show for the last few weeks that's just truth it's fine whatever innocent fun it's just a little season i'm in fine i'm aware it's a rut big deal but here's what i've watched jamie i started with 40 season 40 which is current it was kind of like Uh 2020 41 42 43 it's currently on 44 i've watched those and then i'm like crap and then i googled what are the best seasons? And it said like season 30. So it's like, boom, let's watch 30. And then I was going to go 30 to 40. I was like, man, but I'll burn through that pretty quick. So let me back up a little further. I went to 20. So the first thing I watched was 41, 42, 43, 44, the current stuff, which is where they have addressed the old problems. Right. So my, my introduction, right. My introduction was this new era Mm -hmm. where things are Mm -hmm. very different now. Right. Right. And now I'm watching Mm -hmm. older shows and I'm like, this is a problem. Like what Mm -hmm. in the world? How did America think this was okay? 12 years ago, 10 years ago. America thought a lot was okay 10 years ago. (laughs) Dude, I am like, it's staggering, man. I'm like, I just going backwards in time, just being reminded of kind of how far we've come in a decade is just insane right now. Anyway. All right. Would you rather a couple more questions? Here we go. Would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? 10 minutes. 10 minutes for me. 150 (laughs) years. I'm good on 150 years. I don't even want to see doggone mm-hmm. meatball woolly mammoth flying uh, <laughs> artificial intelligent raptors like I don't want to see none of the Jurassic I'm Bob already good. stressed about the future yeah, sh- why am I going to need to know 10 about minutes it? is yeah. cool oh, I just want to know how I could play the Powerball before that's, it. that's all I need there you go that's all I need right. <laughs> I need that much time he needs that Back to the Future 2 Biff Tannen uh, that's that, all I need I need sports that. book that's it I don't, yeah. that's all I need I don't need anything more than that we good alright alright would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear <laughs> sing along to or dance to every single song you hear i like to do both of them and i'm terrible at both of them and so for me it's just like what would be the best for the people around me maybe not having to hear me would be better than having to watch <laughs> so, it go so down. a song so. is on and you have to dance to it that's better for the people around you I, I'm, I'm tone deaf, Cameron. You don't want to hear what happens when I start But singing. you're just over there oh, like tap dancing in the corner? I mean, it's like... <laughs> well, that's a, we have to define what dancing is because if it's just me doing a little ditty bop, then, you know, I would definitely right. pick dancing too. If it's just yeah, like yeah. I'm just vibing, bobbing my head or whatever, you know what I mean? But if I got to do like a... If I got to break out into like a family guy, like dance routine or something, then, you know what I mean? Like that, I'm definitely probably going to pick singing. But I mean, both of those sound pretty horrendous in their most extreme states. Just being honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But All listen, right. if you have, if you throw a wedding reception and you got a DJ, 
I'm out there all night long. I don't care how bad I look. I am having fun. I'm going to renew my vows with my wife just to see that. We're renewing our oh, vows and, I mean, and inviting you out just so I can see that. There you go. All night. <laughs> All right. Would you rather eat only pizza for a year or not eat any pizza for five years? Okay. So I like pizza, but I don't love pizza. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to cut it out for five yeah, years. I can, I'm going to go without it. Pizza for five years, for a year straight. I don't even think my, my stomach could take that. Like, yeah. Okay, we're good. Yeah, no question for me. I would eat pizza. I would eat nothing but pizza for five years. I would eat nothing but. Mm. I love pizza. All right, Bro. here we go. Uh, mm. Would you rather have universal respect or unlimited power? First, you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the respect. Give me the power. Give me the power. No one man should have all this power. I'm going to do that. I think I would go for power, too. Really? That surprised me. I thought you guys would split on this one. Mm. Power. Jamie Ivey craves power. No, I don't. But I would. I feel like I could do good things with that more than just I have your respect. Mm. Like I could do something with the power. Right. Respect is just but like, man, we, have... we, we love you, bro. I got a lot of respect. And respect doesn't always equal to, to motion. But power. And it doesn't always cause change. Exactly. Either. Yeah. Would you rather give up air conditioning and heating for the rest of your life or give up the internet for the rest of your life? All right. Here's the caveat. Is it just like you just give those things up? Because my job is based with using the internet. So Mine too. would I have to give hey. my... It's just... Yeah, find a different way to do your job, man. You got to make music without the internet. I might just You're talking it. to a Floridian? I'm going to figure out a way. I'm, I'm not giving up AC. You're talking to a Florida. I, I, I'm giving up the internet. I'll figure out something else to do for a job. Wow. <laughs> Listen, people have, people lived a long time before us without the internet and they were just fine. They might have been happier. Right. And people lived a long time before us without AC and heat. So we could figure out one way. They also didn't live in, they didn't live in Florida though. They, they lived up north where the outside was AC, you know? Anyway. I don't, I, I, I can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep the internet. I think I, see, I think I'm going to keep the internet and move to Cali. That's what I'm going to do. Move. Yeah, Get there you go. Move, move up to Vancouver yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Keep the internet, yeah. Keep San Francisco. The internet Cali. It's 50 yeah. degrees yeah. in the summer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Would you rather labor under a hot sun or extreme cold? I will choose hot any day over cold. I do not want to be cold. I'm the exact opposite. Hot. You can take off clothes, all the things. If you're cold, there's not enough clothes in the world to get you warm. I see. I'm the opposite. Put me in the heat. If it's cold, you can always put on more clothes. If it's hot, you can't take off more clothes. If once you've taken mm. everything off, interesting. Derek, I ain't messing I with no cold, cold. So you know, no, I know that he thinks my yeah. house is too cold, bro. Your house is frigid. <laughs> like, it's, it's, what do you keep your air at? At, at yeah. negative like three, seventy. Negative 70. three. Oh, it's not seventy. Like, yeah. It's not seventy it at all, se Cameron. Seven. It is it's seventy. Not, degrees, it's not seventy. Yeah. It's 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 seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, but see, if you like it like that, you can always put a sweatshirt on. Exactly. And I wear see, hoodies so all summer long at home. I wear hoodies all summer in my house as well because we keep it cold. All right. Would you rather be 11 feet tall or nine inches tall? Oh. <laughs> that is very dis. That's, that's <laughs> awful. 
Honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> I mean, 11 feet. You can't do nothing if you're nine inches tall. That's I agree what with that. What you going to do? I agree with that. What you going to do? Yeah. 11 feet, at least you can function in society, even though you're limited. Yeah. Yeah. Can you? I mean, I say you're limited. More than nine inches, you can't do nothing. You can't. You can't do there's anything. no vehicle that you can get in at eleven feet tall. There's no uh, convertibles, bruh. Yo, is there anyone that's eleven feet tall, or is that like no, eight, eight feet something? Is, is Guinness okay. eight feet something? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to say 11 feet just because I don't want to get ate by a bird. That's really the main reason. I just don't want to get ate by a bird. Like that's, I mean, that's the taller reason. than most of our ceilings in some houses. So we're going to go 11 feet. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of that one, I it's not on this list, but I actually saw this one. I asked this one at staff meeting this morning. Would you rather, let me see if I can word this right. Would you rather have it that every time um, you encountered a dog, it chased and attacked you or every time uh, every bird chased and attacked you? Would you rather be chased <laughs> and attacked by every dog you encountered or every bird you encountered? I mean, we need to define attack. What like, is the, what is the range is of encounter? Is me? it, I'm dry. Is, is like, like you're, is, yeah, you're outside and every you're dog that goes by, he's like, rah, 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 and comes at you or every bird on that walk comes at you. I, I'm taking the dog and here's why because I feel like I love dogs so much I could calm them down birds I don't know birds birds don't like humans and I don't want birds coming at my head so I'm going for the dog I agree 100% yeah 100%. I think I'm going for the dog too I just just cause I feel like they're they have less you can see it coming you can, you can see, see it coming. coming a bird is just like you're yes, just walking down the street get popped in the back of the head by a beak <laughs> And they'll swarm too. There's yeah. gonna be a yep. bunch of them. There's like a yeah. lot They're more pecking. birds than dogs. They yeah. travel together. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Last one. I'm chilling. Last one. Would you rather have Beyonce's talent or Jay Z's business skills? Oh, give me Jigga's business. I'm gonna go Beyonce. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I'm gonna do Beyonce. You, I'm, hey, you got it. I'm going Jay Z business skills. I, I'll, I'll tell. I'll take Derek Minor talent and Jay Z business skills ten <laughs> times out of ten, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jay Z's business skills take that Derek Minor talent to become, and you know that's what I'm saying. This, this man went from the projects in Brooklyn to being a billionaire. We gonna take that right there. That's what we take. But although you know, I would like you know Beyonce be doing a thing. You know, I'll be She's up there. She's done pretty oh, well oh, for oh, herself. Oh, actually, as well. I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think her money is is a little bit longer than Jay Z's. Honestly, see, yeah. I think Wait, so. what? I think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Hold uh, on, I'm checking it. Uh, that's, that's, Who's richer, Beyonce? And the internet knows, guys, or everything. Jay Z. Well, they usually do know this stuff. Beyonce's net worth is 500 million, and. Or eight, which is eight hundred million less than Jay Z, who's worth one point three billion. Oh, okay. Hey, look, well then, hey, I, yeah, he's I, a full on I, billionaire. I'll, I chose correct. A, I'll still take her five hundred million. Hey, I mean, at this point, we do it. I mean, either way, you win it. You know, that's a win win yeah. situation as opposed to the one before 100%. was a lose lose situation, which was exactly. you got to fight off pit bulls and falcons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> what's What's crazy is if if listeners heard last podcast. To do the math, Black China's net worth is similar to Beyonce's. Hey, listen, That's I'm starting the to OnlyFans tomorrow, bro. For real. And <laughs> I'm only going to show like bald head pictures, like just different like shapes of my bald head. So 
<laughs> Are you ready for it? I mean, I'm just letting you know. Just, we get this. We gotta make it happen. Bro. I got an album to promote. <laughs> Test it out. Test it out on your listening tour. We'll try it. All out. right. Uh, that'll do it for Would You Rather. Well, before we wrap things up, I'm going to thank Ginger Duggar Volo for joining us. Make sure to check out her new book, Becoming Free Indeed. It's available now. And again, that term, disentangled. Love it. See, deconstruction, I don't love because it means you're tearing it down. And don't love the idea of tearing down your faith. But the idea of disentangling the things from your faith that don't belong there. Yeah, I like that. Let's, let's grab that phrase. That's good. That's a good one. Um, a few updates. If you haven't checked out the spring issue of Relevant, it's available now. Go do it. It's available at relevantmagazine.com. You can check out the free edition there, the ad-supported edition. If you want to see the beautifully designed, enhanced edition, perfectly situated and designed for uh, tablets and desktops and all, any of your devices, really, uh, make sure to sign up for Relevant Plus. It's part of the Relevant Plus membership. You also get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com. You get ad-free podcasts, including this podcast and an exclusive subscriber podcast each week and more coming this year. Plans start as low as $250 a month, and you can find out all the information by clicking the Relevant Plus tab right there at relevantmagazine.com. Also, if you want to stay in touch with everything we're putting out all day, every day, covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, justice, the whole nine, uh, follow us on all the socials. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook, obviously posting everything, posting less regularly on IG. We're posting, well, I mean, we're posting most of the features uh, on uh, I, I Instagram stories. It's uh, a good way to keep in touch. Um, and we're, we're TikTok is coming. Don't, you know, don't judge us. We're a little late. Um, but if you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to have to scroll. You don't want to have to hunt and peck and find all of our, our uh, social media content. You can just sign up for our top five trending stories each weekday morning sent to your inbox by signing up for our newsletter right there on the front page of relevantmagazine.com. It's on the sidebar of all of our articles as well. Just popping your email address and it's a great way to stay in the know. Just the best of our content, the top five stories each weekday morning. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Jamie Ivey. For Jesse Carey, we'll see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Alien Demons gave me a banging blueberry muffin recipe, so. Relevant Podcast Network. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.